Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. friends, welcome to episode 47 of Walk It Out, and I am so excited to be back. Now, you may have wondered, where is Walk It Out? Trisha is taking a long break. I honestly didn't mean to take this long of a break. Um, I was just going to take a break over Christmas, but then a couple things came up. First of all, my daughter in the Czech Republic had a baby. Now, we knew she was going to have a baby, but the baby came three weeks early. And so I hadn't planned to go until the middle of January. So for four weeks, I had Skyped with my daughter, (laughs) talked with my daughter on the phone multiple times a day to catch up with that baby. So that consumed a lot of my time. And then I went to the Czech Republic in January, and John and I were able to go for 10 days, which was such amazing to spend time with my daughter, Leslie, and my son-in-law, Hansa, and new baby, Amelia, who is just so sweet, our little Czech-American baby. We loved spending time with her. Then I arrived home, and on the flight home, I'm thinking about getting the podcast going, and then I got sick. I was in bed for five days, and finally, it's weeks and weeks and weeks later, I'm finally just over the cough. So that has taken a lot of time. And then something else exciting happened in the middle of that. I wrote a book. (laughs) So in the last two months, I've written a book. Um, I was able to write a book about a Holocaust survivor from the Czech Republic. So you know, anytime I say the Czech Republic, it's already meeting a special part of my heart. And so I heard about Thomas in 2009. I was there on a mission trip in the Czech Republic. And one of the pastor's wives, um, she knew I was interested in World War II. And she's telling me about this man who, when he was eight years old, his mother put him on a kinder transport. Now, if this sounds familiar, if you've listened to all of my episodes, I've actually interviewed Thomas. Um, He was one of the first people that I interviewed. And so I think it was episode three. Um, That may be wrong. (laughs) It's one of the first anyway. Um, But I interviewed Thomas and you could hear his story, a little bit of a story about at eight years old, um, the Germans had invaded Czechoslovakia. A lot of Jews were getting put in concentration camps. And so his mother, knowing what was happening, was able to get him on a train. And they had families in um, the UK, United Kingdom, who were sponsoring children. And Thomas ended up, his life was rescued by Um, getting on a train and going to the UK. But the amazing thing was that his life was also saved a second time when, as a young boy, he also accepted Christ. And his story is so amazing. You have to go back and listen to that episode. But the wonderful thing is that um, I was able to write a book. And Thomas is 89 years old. He just turned 89 and I had been wanting to write this for a while, and a couple of years ago, I just felt that stirring, like, now is the time he's getting older. So we were able to get a publisher, and because Thomas isn't in great health, 
um, we rushed to get it done. And the publisher said, if you can get us the book in two months, we will make sure it's out by the fall so that Thomas will be able to see it, hopefully, pray, prayerfully. And so I wrote a book in two months. So between the new grandbaby being ill and writing a book, there you have it. There is the big space with Walk It Out. But I am so excited to be back. And I'm excited because even though I recorded this a little while ago, um, this, the person I have on today, our friendship goes back years and years. In fact, as you will hear us talk about, she is my oldest and dearest writing friend. When we were just young moms in the church nursery, we both talked about wanting to be writers. And so it's so fun to have someone that you share that with. Honestly, um, our oldest boys were babies. And so that was like 28 years ago when we first shared these dreams of wanting to become writers. And we're both writers now. Um, she is working uh, in this wonderful company doing writing for them. I write books. She also writes books. But it's just amazing that those two early 20s moms that God saw us, saw the desires of our hearts and led us on this journey. So you'll be hearing more from my friend, Cindy Coloma, and I just hope that you will enjoy this story of what God can do when we dare to walk it out and to step out and follow the dreams that he's placed on our hearts. All right, so for Walk It Out today, I have something super fun. Every time I speak at a conference, I end up talking about one specific person because honestly, I don't think I'd be writing today if it wasn't for my friend, Cindy. And we're going to share a little bit about that story and just what God has done in our lives since then. So Cindy, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I love having you. Okay, so uh, for those who may not know you, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Okay. Um, I am Cindy Coloma. I have been written under several names, Cindy Martinison and Cindy McCormick Martinison and Cindy Coloma. So <laughs> it's like a mystery. <laughs> yes. You find my books. It's a mystery. Um, but I live in the Pacific Northwest outside of Seattle. I'm from Northern California. And I'm married to a Nielden who is from the Philippines. So we have a lot of interesting culture things going on with us. And we have two little kids that are five and seven. And then I have three adult kids, Cody, Madeline, and Weston. And so uh, between older kids and being the old, I was the young mom and then I was a normal mom. And then now I'm the older mom, though I can't say that around my daughter because it upsets her because she thinks then I might die someday. (laughs) 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 So I had to stop telling people I'm the older mom (laughs) around her. (laughs) But yeah, so I've definitely done uh, the different roles of mom and love. That's probably my favorite thing. Um, and then writing probably next in life and, and absolutely love the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And, okay. So I see have older kids and then middle yeah. kids and little kids. Mine aren't quite as little as yours, but it is. It's like, okay, I'm such the old mom <laughs> everywhere I, I go with my little kids. There's these adorable 20 year olds that I'm like dragging myself. Yeah. Along. It's funny. I'll be like, have become really good friends with some of my kids' 
the, uh, their friends' parents. And one day I'm like, you know, I think you guys are closer to my older kids' age than my age. (laughs) That was kind of a very strange realization. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I have a grandson that is just six months younger than our oldest, our our youngest son. So, yeah, yeah, we're right there. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that, the grandparenting part, but. Yes. Okay. So every time I go and speak at writers conferences or wherever I talk about, I was just innocently sitting in the church <laughs> nursery with my friend Cindy, and uh, you know when we're trying not to get our right. kids to fight, yeah. which they used Cody to do. would bite Corey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it was very upsetting at the time. <laughs> First kid. Yeah. Now one of the neighbor kids hurts my kid. I'm like, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> so. Okay, so as I'm sitting there in the church nursery, I remember, I don't even know how it came up, but you said something that you were writing a novel. And I just remember sitting there like, I want to do that too. I to- do you remember I totally that day? I remember. And I remember you saying exactly that. I want to do that. And I was like, really? And it was just so exciting to have someone finally like be interested in, not just in it, but want to do it too. And it was like, I will share every, you know, I had like my little writing books. I just started. Um, I had been trying to write this series and had been. Yeah. It was a Roman novel. Wasn't yeah, it, it was going to be a four yeah. book Roman series before I, and then later I, I realized there were a lot kind of that came out right around then. And so I changed direction and also fell in love with Francine Rivers, Mark of the Lion series and was like, wow, she's like done what I would have wished to have done. Uh, but yeah, we were just, we just were started talking and then we, you misresearched, dove right into, and then we went to the infamous first writers group <laughs> together, which I too, at any time I talk about my writing um, journey, I was just in Singapore last week and talked a lot about you <laughs> because um, I just don't know that I would have continued writing without you. I mean, I hope I would have, but I, I don't know. I just think having that connection, you know, was a definite divine God thing for us because it just opened up everything from there. Everything to me starts with that, that time. Yeah. Like like day in the nursery Mm -hmm. is totally the beginning point. And, um, I I think it's like soon after that, you let me writer to writer by Bodie Taney. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, like real people yes. do this, which was just yes. so crazy. And okay, then we went to that yes. writer's group up in Reading <laughs> and I had Leslie yes, in the stroller. And so we're sitting there and it was all about writer's conferences and they're like, get your bikini on and go sit in the <laughs> hot tub with the editors and they'll really want to get to know you and we're just like (gasps) yeah like what I'm not getting in a hot tub with some editor to try to get a book published (laughs) yeah so we thought that wasn't a good idea but then we went over to the bookstore and we put our money together we were so poor like both of us (laughs) we're so poor we put our money together and bought writer's digest magazine (laughs) and it had talked about mount herman and we had just missed it so we're like, okay, next year we're yeah. going to go to Mount yeah. Herman. And I had gone to the Mount Herman Christian camp for camp as a teenager. So I was like, this is such an amazing place. It's in Santa Cruz Mountains. So as soon as I saw that, I'm like, we should go to this one. And then, I mean, we were 
um, not financially well off at all, you know, having to split a magazine, <laughs> put our, our dimes and pennies together and share it. And um, so the commitment was big and it felt so far away of being a year off. But um, because, you know, when you're 20, what you were 21 and I was 23 at the time, I seemed like yeah, I think I was uh, just turned so, 22. No, no, I was 21 because yeah, I turned 22 yeah. a little and bit after. So yeah. we were just like, oh, that sounds so far away because it does at that age. Uh, and But yet it was perfect because it gave us that almost a year to really start learning about these words. We didn't know like query letter. And back then there was even the S-A-S-E, the self-addressed stamped envelope. I, that I remember calling like the post office asking how big a number 10 envelope was because it would say like send a have stamped number 10 envelope. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> Boy, we are, we are really dating ourselves here. <laughs> back when, you, you know, you had to, you know, use a telephone, you know, those things. <laughs> but and send out in yeah. the writer's yeah. guidelines. They would mail they you would back mail you. and everything was through the mail. And then that, then that Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference was the next huge step in us both just discovering what publishing was about. And we just thought we were going to go and like all these people would want to publish us. Yeah, we would us, have like, discussions. Right okay, what happens if more than one publisher wants to publish us? How do we pick? <laughs> Oh, the yes. things we were oh, worried about the back then. Hundreds of rejection letters. <laughs> I know. But I mean, I just think being there, though, first of all, we had each other, yeah. which was so awesome. And then there was so many amazing people like no one ever like looked at us crazy that we wanted to write. Like everyone was so encouraging. And Steve Lobby, we saw every time I see him, he's like, I remember you and Cindy. And she took off her shoes and put her feet up and she had a I hole know. in her sock. I am like, forever remembered by that hole in my sock. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> and now it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, but these people, you know, they're all, like most, I would say most of the people we met yeah. there are in the industry still. And they, you know, they saw us when we were just yeah. like early 20s, wanting to be writers. Um, and so it's cool now to see the journey and then we went back the next year and I think the next year is really where we connected right. and started one yeah. heart um with all the people and there's 15 right. of yeah. us I think and we prayed as a yeah. prayer group so, prayer writers group and we had met Robin Jones Gunn the year before which I think that was really instrumental for, mm -hmm. for both of us as her kind of being a mentor yeah. and guide and she led us to Janet Kabobal Grant our agent and but one heart, yeah, became such a, a core of a group of women to pray together. And you were our captain keeping our little email. It was back. It was an email digest. Okay. And I still have them. I still have them all saved on my computer. So what we, what they did is everyone, there's 15 of us. They're all from Mount Hermon. Everyone wanted to be writers. And, and some were published at the time. I know Robin was and Janet McHenry was. Maybe um, Judy, Maybe that Judy was Morrow. I think she had was one Was she book published at the time? One book, no, I think. Okay. I don't know. But we were all like in the process. And so everyone would send, <laughs> email me their prayer requests and their updates. And I would compile them yeah. and then email it out to everybody. 
and write a little yeah, devotional. Yeah, no, you would. You'd put verses know. or a little, um, a little quote. And then we even had a couple reunions too, which were amazing. Yeah, is, which Anne, yeah. Anne was from the Netherlands, is still from the Netherlands, and we got to meet her. And yeah, it's just, I would say, like, first of all, I would say, you know, when you want to start writing, just connect with one person that can support you. But then also when you get into it more, just connect with that group of people. Um, Cause we were just praying for each other and helping each other and supporting each other and encouraging each other. And um, you know, I mean, and yeah. people went through hard stuff. <laughs> like There's all kinds of hard stuff that people went through and just to have that team of people around just praying with you. Um, I mean, there was infertility, there was losses, there was all kinds of stuff. And um, people were just there and praying and supporting. And then pretty soon, Oh, as the years passed, one person got published and another person. And I think everyone yeah. there, almost, you know, that the core group that stuck it all the way through, um, it's published. Yeah. You know, I just last now. week I was teaching at a writer's conference in Singapore. And this was what I started my talk with was talking about the importance of finding friendships. And I, I said, look around and try to network with each other and just, I told the story about you and just shared that, you know, so many of those people we met in those early years, they're not, not only friendships, um, but business wise, you know, I've gotten work from Wendy, you know, she's an editor, so she has gotten me work or Mm -hmm. I've hired other people, you know, that I met at Mount Hermon or, you know, I've passed on projects, but recommended somebody. Um, We've all like, because you end up growing in the industry together, you also, you have these bonds to help you with work that at the time when you're first at writing, you want to make, you want to get to know the more famous people, but really it's the people right around you that can really help grow. And, and even much more important is that friendship and the praying support. And I know when um, my nephew Brady died, it was whenever I think of that time which it's been now 21 years, but I think about one heart and you guys praying and you guys, you know, putting together and buying that crepe myrtle tree that still, anytime I see a crepe myrtle, I think of my one heart sisters and I think of my nephew. So it really had, you know, Mm. something that just is like this group of people saying, Hey, we should keep in touch better than we did last year. Let's start this thing. And you volunteering to be that, that lead on that. It just has been a life changing over the years for sure. Yeah. And I think one of the things too, that was so important, we had like, we were still in our early twenties, but like Robin and, you know, Janet McHenry, they were older, Robin Gunn and Janet McHenry. And they they were balancing the kids and the writing and the life. And I think that was such a huge thing for me, too, because it can get so easy with anything that we do um, to get passionate about it and kind of right. let's just focus on that one thing. But there's these older, wiser people that, that are like, OK, you know, right. you know, don't forget your kids or this is important too. these younger years with them. And I just remember just um, their just encouragement just as mothers and wives and the things that we pray about, like they always just helped us to manage those things and how to yeah. just how to live a good life. Yeah, um, not I just be good writer. Okay. So we talk about um, that. And another story that I always bring up is that trip to Europe. Um, it was me, you and Anne 
and I think we did six countries in awesome. seven days or something like that. And then, you know, both you and Anne were working on books and then me coming right. up with the idea that became my first novel from Dust and Ashes. And so, I mean, that's just an amazing time that God not only gave me the books that I love and led me down that path, right. but you guys were along with me. Yeah, it it was, it, and so, you know, just and experiencing, you know, going to concentration camps together, being at um, Laditsa in the Czech Republic, where it's used to be a village and it's now just this empty field with these statues of the children, all of the children who were killed um, when the Nazis came and sent them to camps and, um, and this, they have likenesses of the children as statues standing in that field. And just, it was so impactful to be walked down that field and to have you, you and Anne there and us to even just talk about, you know, what we were feeling and experiencing and the stories and that there were so many stories and that we all got to be a part of that together and the, and the stories that have come out of that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your novel, uh, which uh, one? Winter Passing uh, was out. That Winter Passing? So it was, I believe, North of Tomorrow. Yeah. North of Tomorrow. So there's, no, there's Winter Passing, okay. Blue Night, North, North of, tomorrow. of Tomorrow was originally why we were going. And then all the, and then all sorts of things came from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's when I we yeah. went to Mauthausen because you were going to meet someone at Mauthausen, that and then I mean you ended up not using yeah. that in your book and yeah I you, ended up using it in my yeah first you novel were like are you going to use that story and I'm like I'm not and you're like well I will <laughs> and it was perfect because it, it did not resonate with <laughs> yes. me to be the one to tell it and I think you have to really listen to that and it just not it was an awesome story but it didn't hit home to that I should write it but it did with you yeah and then the next part I always tell about is yes. how you and I went to the World War II reunion and met all those guys and we just walked into this hotel in Kalamazoo um and I remember the one guy walked up to us and was like are you the writers and we're like yes and the guys yeah, we, the veterans had we been were driving we drove us. from Chicago to Kalamazoo Michigan listening to um what was it foreigner and all these 80s music I remember, i'll never forget us singing as we're <laughs> driving to our old 80s songs but also being like really nervous like will these guys even talk to us here we are we were by then probably i think i was at least 30 early 30s and you were probably around 30 or late 20s probably 30 32 um, and just feeling yeah. like, why would they even talk to us? Why would they tell us their stories or how hard is this going to be? And then just walking in and they were waiting and they were just so ready to share their stories. And it's, it's one of those times I feel like so often when I do a lot of the experiences I do, I, I think I'm going there to get some information or help somebody. And it's like, I just felt like like so many experiences, but that in particular was just such a life changing experience. Having just these men who have been through war and so often never even talked about what happened, but until later, so much later. And then some of them had never really talked about Mm -hmm. it till that we were there with them. 
and just how they would cry and yeah, just, I mean, that one guy who just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed trying to tell what it was like yeah. to lose friends in battle and especially to go liberate a camp, a concentration camp and see what they'd been fighting for, see what have these, you know, some people who died right in there, right in front of them. And then others that they saved. It was just, it was, it, it, it's like beyond what words can express to have that experience. And again, together. And yeah. And I think I learned so much on that. Just, I mean, when I look yeah. at people now, I just think you have so many stories inside. Um, you know, there's so, I think people, they just need someone to listen to them and to care. And I remember sitting down with one guy and his wife and yeah, um, she's like, right. I've never heard these stories. I've been married to this man for 50 years mm-hmm. and I've, I've never heard these stories. And then Arthur and Charlie, they were, they see each other at reunions, but they hadn't right. been together since the war and they were finishing each other's sentences. And I mean, it was just so amazing um and it just opened up so much I think the writing wise but just in general um I think it just made me realize just the the stories that people carry and the burdens they carry and you never know what someone's gone through I think of that a lot um and I'm in a new job um at Microsoft I just got I'm in my second week at Microsoft which was a, a total direction I never imagined but it's been interesting for me to think, you know, to look around. And actually I had a question from someone, one of my managers asked, you know, do you think you're going to be you know, interested? Is this going to get boring? And I'm like, no, because it doesn't have to be, you know, I, I've worked, you know, as a, a collaborative writer, I've worked with famous people and very, you know, world-class people and written their books. But to me, every, like you were saying, every person has a story. Every person has complexities. And I find, I don't think I have ever met someone I didn't find interesting on some level, you know? So it is that sense that everyone has a story and wanting to find out what that is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just looking back as we talk about this, you know, I don't know. When we first started, it was like, yeah. I want to get a book published. <laughs> and it's like almost part, I mean, it's part like we both loved reading and books and words, right. but part of it is like, look at what we did, you know, this accomplishment. And I think as you go yes. on the journey, you realize it's so little about us. <laughs> like we're just what God needs to use. I mean, my newest book, Common Angry Kids, who thought I'd be like writing a book about anger. And then like you mentioned, you've worked with so many famous people writing in their stories, you know, and we each do like, you know, our kind of our joy books, our novels and that sort of thing. But it's not just about the name on the cover, but it is like these journeys that God takes us on. And then pretty soon we look around like, how did we get here? It's so far beyond like what you and I are doing now. Like no one, we never would have guessed that, where we'd be or how, it, how totally God would agree. have used and us on this journey. It's interesting. I actually, when I got this job at Microsoft, um, I looked back and I started seeing the threads of how I got to this spot, which, you know, again, it's just one little spot. You don't know, you know, in 10 years, I'll be like, I wouldn't be here without da, 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 da. But I, it actually went back to you. And uh, because I got this job um, 
from a con- well, I heard about this job from a connection of a woman who works at Microsoft and is on we're on the same team now. And I met her because of a book I did with the former KGB spy Jack Barsky. He spoke at Microsoft and she he got to know her and he's like, You need to meet Cindy. And so we connected there. Well, Jack, I started going back. Okay, he I got that job because I interviewed because of Tyndale and my relationship with Tyndale House. And that is from The Waiting and, and also my novels and and Janet. And that went back to Robin. And then it went back to Trisha. And even, I mean, and even this little church we went to, <laughs> and even some things that happened in that church that were really um, bad, you know. And yet God used yeah. that situation. Um, for us to really bond and become closer and and the writing and all the things that have happened because of it. And so it is really neat to look back and see how um, you go on this journey you never expect and you, you know, you're along for the ride in so many ways. <laughs> and just, you know, you just try to do your very best and explore yes. the doors that start to open and you may not even know what that means. And um but you'll look back and go, wow, look at what God did in all of this. And yeah, I think sometimes like, cause you know, the title of this podcast is walk it out. And so it is just hearing that still small voice and trying to walk and follow God. And it seems like, I mean, when you start doing collaborations, it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm doing these books and these are amazing people, but you know, it wasn't like the books, the novels that you had written before. It's just different. Right. But now you look back yeah. in exactly what you needed for where you are now. Exactly. And just the influence of all of those people had on my life really impacted me. That I do feel like even whether I was writing my own books and doing research for those or just the experience of kind of putting my own questions into books and, and seeing what God does with those. And then now, then my years of writing as a collaborative writer and kind of diving deep into these well-known people or someone who had some really interesting life and you get inside, not just their shoes, but just their whole world. You get to see, you get into the depths of them. I mean, there's some things you never even put in the book because it's just, it's not what is needed for the book, but you get to you get to hear so many different things. You become very close to them. And um, I just feel like it's so important for you to allow yourself to be open to learn and experience and grow through all of those, whether it's whatever you're writing or whatever you're experiencing. Um, I feel like I always get so much more than I end up giving through the story. And that if I can't have that impact, how do I expect to have any impact outside of myself? Okay, so I know that a lot of people who are listening, um, they may not want to be writers, <laughs> but you know that people have dreams. I think that God puts on their hearts, and sometimes it's like really scary to kind of step out. And looking back, I mean, we were pretty crazy and <laughs> brave at the same time. <laughs> Because yeah. from going to the writers' conferences, to going around Europe, to yes. going to the World War II reunions, yes. I mean, this all, every single step is like, we were not prepared for it at all. No, no it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but so, we're like, the, but, 
we were young and I think the first stages we were just so young we were kind of dumb you know it's like why not why couldn't we you know like I think if I had gone the usual route I would have thought that getting published was such a big deal like it could never happen and I did struggle with that but another part of me is like why not and so I think we caught that why not let's just try it early enough that we just kept going. And I think we're still doing that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so exactly. And I think another thing too, is that I don't know, neither one of us have like, degrees in English, right? Or whatever, right. Which I mean, there's some pretty amazing people that do and I, I just appreciate them. Right. But I think we were willing to do whatever little thing that we needed to do. Yeah. I mean, I remember writing for, you know, take home papers for free. Uh-huh. Yeah. Papers and all these little things. It's like, well, I'm going to do this. And it's just doing it to just to do it. Um, and it didn't matter how little it was. We were just willing to do it because we wanted to write and we wanted to get published and we wanted to connect with other people and build our portfolio and all these things. Um, And so I think so much is just the persistence and the being willing to do whatever it takes, like roll your sleeves up, even if it's a small little project, like just putting your all into it. And then, I mean, I remember just being so impatient and wanting to be published and, (laughs) and God, and just really God me getting to the point of relinquishing, like, okay, it doesn't matter if I don't get published. Like, I'm just going to do this for you, whatever doors you open. Exactly. I remember having like, I would just be, I would pray, God, is this just a total waste of time? Um, And especially going to Mount Hermon, where you're paying a lot of money and um, dedicating a lot of time when we had little kids, so we had to leave at home. And, and I just didn't want to be going on the wrong path. But then every time I would get, you know, some rejection letters, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. And then there'd be like one, I felt like God put little carrots just for me to follow and go to that yeah. next, okay, follow that or breadcrumbs, you know, leading the way um, to keep going. And we would just do anything. I, mean, I remember my first sidebar got published. I was so proud, a sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I cut it out and it was my first little clip, you know, compared to all these rejection letters. And I kept all of my rejection letters because I wanted not not to be depressed, but to say when I did get a book published or even a sidebar, it was like, okay, I'm making a stack on this side compared to the other side and just to keep keep on going. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think, you know, looking back now, even, you know, I wanted to be a novelist and then mm-hmm. end up writing nonfiction and helping start a crisis pregnancy center, right. then writing books for teens, like all this random writing a novelization, writing Amish novels. I mean, just the path is so crazy. Like people are like, what do you write? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> because it's so hard to explain because I've written every genre. Yes. It seems like, but now that I'm starting like the subscription group and wanting to help people, it's like, oh, what do you need help with? Oh yeah. I wrote one of those. Right. <laughs> like I did that. Like I can help you with that. I can give you tips on that. Um, I think so many times we can see, you know, look ahead and say, okay, this is the path and I'm going to follow it. And I'm just going to write a novel a year and become a bestselling novelist and focus on that. And that hasn't worked for either one of us, no. but God has done so much more than we ever thought. Right. I agree. And like for me, I was absolutely never going to do collaborations. 
you know, I, I wanted to write my own novel and exactly like you said, one a year and them to be hugely successful. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But when I went through a divorce and financially, I'm like, I need a job <laughs> or, and then a, yeah. a collaboration opened up and I'm like, okay, I guess I'll explore that. And a lot of times, sometimes didn't even want to do it. And then it became, it was so good for me. It taught me so much. It, it really built my versatility as a writer. I had to, you know, work in different ways that were uncomfortable, collaborate. And actually the, one of the main reasons I got this job at Microsoft was because of all my experience with executive type people or world-class people um, and being able to work with them and being able to be flexible and being able to figure things out when you have no path, <laughs> you know, you've got to figure it out on your own. And so like you were saying, you know, you, you didn't have the things I didn't have planned, um, didn't work and because, and yet they worked way better. Right. So what advice would you have for someone who, I think we started this and then we got, <laughs> got up, that wants to follow a dream um, and they're unsure if they should pursue it? If they're unsure... That's that I would say to look back, I always say, look back to childhood and what your childhood dreams were. And sometimes that can be different for different people, especially if there was like maybe trauma in their childhood or which sometimes that actually defined it. I, I know a judge who as a child, um, it, he found a lot of comfort, um, in thinking of what he would do, um, later Um, but I remember wanting to be a writer as, but then I wanted to be a lot of things. And then later seeing Mm -hmm. that as a writer, I get to be a lot of things. I get to explore all sorts of different lives within the different uh, characters. But I would say, does it really think, does it keep coming back to you? Does it resonate with you when you hear that? Let's say it's a business to open a bakery. If you're watching a movie and something comes up about a bakery, does that excitement bubble up within you? And to then at some point, for me, it was really important for me to accept the call of a writer, to stop wavering back and forth, back and forth and say, okay, I've done enough of that. Um, I don't know for sure if this is supposed to be what I'm going to do, but I'm going to commit to it. And I'm going to commit in this place. And that was again at Mount Hermon and Al Jansen talked Mm -hmm. about the call of the writer and he shared that. And it just impacted me in such a way of, okay, it's not about whether I get something published or a rejection letter, I'm committing to this. And so from there, knowing that that was the direction I was going, then I could start really trying to grow as a writer. And so if someone has a dream for anything having a time of committing yet knowing that that could even lead you, you know, in different directions than what that initial vision means for you, but committing and then getting as good as you can possibly get, taking every class you can, learning from others, getting mentors, reading books, just immersing yourself in that to be a master. Because I really feel like if you are awesome at what you do, there is really little possibility that it's not good doors aren't going to open for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even right now I'm sitting at my desk in my office. It's also my bedroom and I have a floor to ceiling 
not not all this so a big bookcase filled with writer's digest books <laughs> like it's still like yeah. how to write this how to write that and i still have them and i'm probably like I, there, I mean there's some i still will open and look through i probably haven't read through a lot of them lately but it was those times of getting those books and reading and learning how to write dialogue right. and how to write setting and how to interview and do all these things um and you know anything that you put the time and the attention and the focus on you can right. learn to do like if all of a sudden we wanted to start taking art classes I mean it might take us 20 years right. but, you know we could get there um but I think it is just being dedicated to it uh, even if you don't know the result just because um if you're gonna you know if you're gonna do it you do need to learn the steps and I think that's one of the hard things about writing is people just want to like naturally learn how to write yeah. or be actually be able right. to write yeah, it is a craft for sure. And um, it is a lifelong learning process. And it, I think that you, it's two things popped in my mind when you were just saying that. And one is that a lot of times we feel like you have to have talent. Um, and mm-hmm. I've really come to learn that if you have a dream for something, the people with the talent, it's easier for them. But it doesn't disqualify you if you're not naturally talented in something. If you have a passion and it won't leave you, then pursue it. You may have to work harder. You may have to get extra help, but I really believe you can still be successful. And then the other was just how you were saying about the writing books. And last week being in Singapore at this great conference um, at Lit Lit World, everyone should look up litworld.org and fantastic um, conference, international conference. And I was the fiction coordinator. And so I sat in on the other teachers who taught the fiction classes. And then I, I did my own. And, and I had, was in with Davis Bunn and Jeanette Wendell. And Jeanette said to me, she's like, well, I'm sorry you have to sit through my class. This is all old hat for you. And I told her, I'm like, no, this is, it's never too late. You know, you've never gone so far that you can't gain something. And especially from another writer. Right. So some of the, things she shared. I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. Or, oh, I, I haven't thought about that in a long time or, um, or in that way. And so you just should always keep learning too. And I think the last thing too, is just to always remember, it's not about you. It's to remember Mm -hmm. why you're doing it beyond yourself, not just it's my passion, but my passion, your passion is always to be shared with someone else. And that it's not complete until it's shared. And that goes for really anything, a business or um, if you're an artist of any kind. Um, I remember even thinking about con- a contractor who builds a house and that if he builds a house and it's a beautiful, amazing house, but nobody ever moves in and lives in it and enjoys it, it's like there's something incomplete. So it's not just about what you want to do or what your dream is but to keep in mind the other side. Um, And for us, it's always, who is our target audience? And for a business, who is my consumer? But to keep that in mind and have a heart for that, those people. And, you know, for us as Christians to pray for them, to, I've prayed for my readers for years. And sometimes I've kind of forgotten that for a while and gone off track, but um, then come back to it and thought, you know, this is, this is so much more than me. This is for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard sometimes because we are just 
kind of by ourselves at <laughs> yeah. a computer and <laughs> working on our manuscripts that there's readers and it was so fun because I was at Focus on the Family on Monday recording there and I met I saw Ross Gunn so our friend oh great Robinson oh I didn't know there. that and while we were there he's like you got to meet someone her name's Sarah and I work with her so he goes and gets this most adorable like 20 something year old young woman named Sarah it's just like oh my goodness your book that you wrote with Robin praying for your future husband I've read it eight oh. times I prayed for my husband she had oh it there gosh. with her at the office she opened it up there's a picture of her husband like this is a picture of when oh, we wow. first met and I tucked it in this book and she's like can you sign it for me like she didn't even know I was gonna be wow. there it wasn't like it was like set up that she would be there with the book but she just had it with her because she teaches young life and she's like I buy this book for all the young women oh, and it wow. was just like wow there is really you know I, it was just like a glimpse I'm just so thankful that God gave me that that people are out there and it, our words do impact them. And here she was showing me her book that was worn from her reading it so much with a picture of her now husband, you know, when they first met, tucked into it. It's like it, it really does make a difference. So even though those hard days and those days when it, it, it is a lot of work, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. we're tired and we'd rather be cleaning the <laughs> toilets than sitting down and working on our manuscript that, that it is for a yeah. purpose. Absolutely. Well, Cindy, I am so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that we could share our story <laughs> and our journey. And I am so yeah. thankful for you and your friendship and excited to hear more of what God's going to do with you with, with this new job. Yes. Super fun. Yeah. I'm excited to be a storyteller at Microsoft and then also start writing some of my own books again and get, actually I'll be getting next year, I'll be getting out my first three novels will be re-released. And so it's a, definitely a new chapter, but I'm excited about it for sure. Yeah, I love that. Well, okay, for those interested in your books, where can they go to find out more information? Um, I have my website, cindycoloma.com, C-I-N-D-Y-C-O-L-O-M-A.com. It's, I don't have all of my books on there. I'm working on that. But um, Amazon.com, the author page, I think it's might be Cindy McCormick Coloma um, no, or Cindy Martinez and Coloma. Who knows? That will be, that will <laughs> be your Cindy mystery. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Go on a hunt to try to find me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, that they, all of my books are on Amazon. And then hope, I'm hoping early next year will be the relaunch. And almost where it'll be close to the 20-year anniversary of Winter Passing. It'll be the 20-year anniversary wow. of writing it. And then, um, yeah, then the we'll be relaunching it. And so super excited about that. That makes us sound a little old. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, talking about uh, mailing off query <laughs> letters made us sound old as well. <laughs> Uh, we can just say we're seasoned we're on seasoned. this journey. We're, very, we're mature. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Cindy, so much for being oh, here. I loved it. And I love you. Love you. <laughs> well, friend, what did you think of that? I'm so thankful to have a friend that I can just share so much with. And I just love how that even then God saw us as those young moms and knew the stories that he had for us. And I'm thankful for friendship. I'm thankful for the dreams of our hearts. So I want you to know that God has good dreams for your heart too. And he has good plans for you. So don't feel like your dreams are too big for God. Don't feel, I mean, if the dreams are there, he has placed them there 
for a reason. And just know that that God will give you the wisdom you need to discover those dreams. So today's Walk It Out verse is Proverbs 8, 10 through 11. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So maybe today, friend, you are wondering, what does God have for me? How do I know his dreams that he's placed? Ask for wisdom. I remember just so many times asking God for wisdom to know who he created me to be. And then also praying that's God to bring someone alongside who can walk the journey with you. So I'm going to say a quick prayer for you, dear God. I just pray for the listener out there that maybe doesn't know about the dreams that you place on her heart, or maybe she feels alone or he feels alone on the journey. I pray, first of all, for wisdom, um, that you will just even stir those early beginnings in the listener's heart, Lord, to help the listener know, um, help her know, help him know that you have good plans and to be willing to take those steps. And also, I pray for a companion to come alongside, to believe in those dreams and to um, just be there to walk the journey together. And I pray for years now that they'll be able to look back and see all that you have done. And I thank you for that, God. Well, friend, I am so thankful that you're here. Thank you for tuning in to Walk It Out. And we're going to be back on regularly. Um, So be listening for that. Also, I checked and Thomas Grauman, who I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, is actually episode eight. So I said three. He's actually episode eight. So be sure to go check that out and you'll be able to see what I've been up to. And I'm excited to be able to share his story in the written form. So please continue to pray for us as I work on the edits and as we continue to work with the editor on that book. And friends, um, I just encourage you to share these podcasts with a friend. If you know someone out there that just needs that encouragement, um, feel free to tell them to check it out and to listen in to walk it out. Also, I want you to know that this episode and every episode is sponsored by my publisher, David C. Cook. David C. Cook is a wonderful publisher and all their proceeds go to support missions around the world. They give curriculum, books, materials to missions in over a hundred countries. And I love being part of a publisher that does that. It's not just about um, the money, which we all need money to keep going. Businesses need money, but it's also about the ministry out there. So thank you so much to David C. Cook, and thank you so much, friend, for listening in. I found salvation wild and free when I found it.